Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Not because of me, because of Jesus, right? If you have your journal, if you have a piece of paper, or if you have a phone, whatever you can, I would suggest that you write things down today. I highly suggest that you write them down. Um, man. But if I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. It's Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 9. Next Sunday, you will be thoroughly inspired by the fire that is raging within three entrepreneurial women in this church and in our community. All of whom heard the whisper of God in their life, all of whom stepped out and took some risk, all of whom saw God work in the pain, in the grief, in the moments that they wanted to give up, but also in the small and the large miracles. And I trust that there are many lessons that God laid out in their life that will apply to you and me, whether you're a business owner or not. And in two weeks, in two weeks, you will have and we will have the amazing privilege of hearing from a former prison inmate, Deontay, a man who was captured by the gospel of Jesus Christ who absolutely radically transformed him from the inside and out and who is now impassioned and on mission to bring healing to the broken but as many of the the football coaches will tell you they don't want to focus on the future they want to focus on the game right now so I'm asking that today you focus on the game right now because I don't believe that any of you in this room are here by accident. Some of you may be here by force because grandma, grandpa, husband, wife, mom, dad, cousin pulled you out and said, you're going to church. And for that, I applaud you. Yeah. Some of you are here by force because you forced yourself to get up out of bed, to get something in your belly, to get into the car and drive here. And for that, I applaud you. Some of you are here by routine because this is what you do. You have done this since you were two 
and you will do this until you're 92. And for that, I applaud you. Excellent. You are not here by accident. And I firmly believe that there is purpose and intention for you to be here. This is your moment, and this is the Lord's moment. And I firmly believe that God is calling you forward. He's calling you to something. I don't know what it is. Some of you probably already do. Because for some of you in this room, it's that smoldering fire that is underneath, that needs a little oxygen. You know how those fires just kind of smolder? But once they get some wind, once they get some breath in it, it just ignites. Some of you have a fire that's smoldering within you. And you know it's God. And you know He's talking to you. And He's been talking to you for a long, long time. It is today that you are called out to let His breath breathe, His wind to come in and to ignite it. Some of you, God is calling you, and you have no clue that He is. I'm here to tell you, He is. Like I said, buckle up, because He's calling you. He's calling you forward. He's calling you to forgiveness. He's calling you to grace. He's calling you to mercy. He's calling you to action. He's calling you to do good. He's calling you to Himself. He's calling you to something new that you've never experienced in your entire life. And now is the time. He's calling you. He doesn't stop speaking to us. And He will not stop speaking to us. You might be ignoring Him. You might think it's not for me. I'm here to tell you it's for you. It's for you. Buckle up, because it's time. It's time for you, whether you are young whether you are a teenager and you don't have anything figured out, or whether you're middle-aged, or whether you're a senior citizen and you don't have anything figured out, welcome to the party, because none of us got it figured out, but God has it figured out. He's got it figured out. All you need to do is step out. Twice quarterly, I walk through the main lobby. I take off my belt, hand over my satchel with my Bible and the lessons. I walk through the metal detector. I get my ID back. I get my pass. I get my little tag. And I put it on. I sign my name and I wait. I wait at the door for the buzz. The buzz is the indicator that says you can go through the door. I hear the buzz. I walk through the door to another door and I wait. I wait for the buzz that indicator that says I can walk through the door and it buzzed and I walked through the door it was normal it was a normal Tuesday evening and I walked the length of the chain link fence with the the razor wire towering over me to the command center the control center and like I've done with the doors before I do it again I wait for the buzz for the unlocking of the of the door so I can go through I hear the buzz and the unlocking and I walk through and right there, I'm on campus. And I walk to the chapel. Just like any normal Tuesday. And I go to the door. This door, I don't need to wait for a buzz because it's unlocked. Maybe they'll lock it at night, but I can tell you. I can tell you the kingdom of God 
is never unlocked. You know, sometimes at prison, they don't want people to, to get out, but they also don't want just anyone to get in. They let me in. And I walked right into the chapel. And there Chaps is, Chaplain Engel. And he's standing there, and he's telling me about what God's doing in his life. It was a normal Tuesday. Telling me what God's doing in the prison. It was a normal Tuesday. And I look over to the CO, the gatekeeper, and there she is, smiling. And like she has done many, many times before, she had all my paperwork filled out. All I needed to do was sign my name. And then she said, do you want a bottle of water? Sure. We chit-chatted, and I went back to the back room. It was like any normal Tuesday. And there are the guys. We sighed, high-fived, and we pulled each other in, and we hugged, and we had conversation. We caught up. Any normal Tuesday. And they said, hey, one of our guys, he's at parole board right now. I said, good, let's pray. So we prayed. Another guy right there said, I'm going into surgery. I don't know when, but it's coming soon. And we prayed. Then we prayed for class. We prayed for class, and we just started on the lesson. The lesson's called A New Start with a New Heart. Great lesson. And then I hear from one of the guys as I'm looking down, hey, have you heard? I thought he wanted to distract me. It's kind of what they do in prison sometimes. They distract you. I said, heard what? About the CEO at the front desk. No. At 6.30 at break, I usually normally just stay in the room and I chat with the guys. But when they said, hey, have you heard? Normal seemed to take on a, a new form. It became supernatural. Like there was divine orchestration. So at 6.30, I didn't stay in the room. I went back out to the CEO's desk. And there she was. I said, hey, I heard something happen. And she went from leaning forward to leaning back in her chair. And a smile took the size of her face. And for the next 10, 15 minutes or so, kind of lost track of time, she told me what happened to her. She said, sitting out of this desk for about three weeks now, I think God was talking to me. Not audibly. Very few people have I met have, has God talked to audibly. But where we know our soul is talking to us. I didn't know what he was saying. Had no idea. I didn't know what to do. I started reading the Bible. I didn't understand any of it. I started praying. Just started talking to God. But I had this sense that he was saying something to me. This was going on day after day after day. And then one day, Chaplain Engel and a couple other inmates that frequent the chapel having a conversation and she started getting the conversation she said chaplain I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right then and there 
they stopped what they were doing and they prayed. And right then and there, in that prison, in that chapel, the CEO, who'd been there for five years, received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I listened to her. She said, I don't know how to do this. I said, neither did I. You're in good company. It's like, I don't understand what I'm reading. Neither did I. You're in good company. I got more questions than I have answers. Neither did I. You're in great company. I still have more questions than I have answers. You're in great company. I said, I don't know what to do. That's okay. Just have a conversation with God. Get in His Word. You don't have to be anybody else but you. And let God do what He does. I said, are you going to church? I said, yeah, we tried out this one church over here. And I said, good. She pulled out her, her Bible. She said, I don't know, I understand King James Version. I said, neither do I. You're in good company. And then somebody else come out and said, I gave her an NLT. Still struggling with that. I said, good, so do I. I said, now I've got an NIV. Still struggling with that. Good, so do I. You're great. Don't worry about it. Live up to what you already attained. God will figure it out for you. She said, I just want to tell everybody what's happening on inside of me. She said, I'll even testify to the devil if he's here. I said, oh, oh, oh that's good. That's good. You could just see something in her eyes. You could see something in her face. She's been transformed. Radically. And she's hungry. You ever been hungry? Not like Ambrose is preaching at 12.15, it's time for lunch hungry. I meant hungry on the inside. Are you hungry? I went back to the back room. The guys were in there. Their eyes were big. What'd I tell you? They said. It's like, you're right. Gray matter on the back of the wall. They were that right. And I just stood there. I said, guys. I remember the first time I met you guys. Most of you guys, not all of them several years ago our district superintendent Jeff Kunselman myself other pastors from our district there was a guy from a Bible college in Columbus somewhere and we were all in the chapel sitting around these tables with these inmates we weren't really sure what this was all about but we just were called there they wanted to do something they just weren't sure what it was as we heard their hearts, it started to become clear. I said, guys, do you remember that? So do you remember the vision that you cast? I said, listen, when we were around that table, you said you wanted to learn the Word of God. And I can tell you right now, side note, they know the Word of God better than I do. That's not saying much, but they know the Word of God better than many of the people I know. 
I said, we just want to learn the Word of God. But what we really want to do is we, we want to we be trained as pastors so that we can minister. See, their conviction, they're there for their conviction, right? They were acquitted. They were convicted of, of a crime or crimes. But I said, guys, you're not here because of your conviction. You're here because of your conviction. You were convinced of your sin. You were convinced that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You were convinced and committed to doing something great with where you are. I said, do you remember the vision? Your vision was to be ministers amongst this prison. And I remember one of you saying, you know, and if we should ever get transferred somewhere else, then we can be pastors there. I said, guys, there's fruit right there. Little did these guys know that the conversations that they had in that lobby would impact the CEO. Little did they know that the way they interacted with the CEO showed something completely different than any other inmate had interacted with her before. Little did they know that God was working on her heart day in and day out. Little did they know that, that she was watching their life. I said, you guys, this is what you've been praying for. And I said, lo and behold, she's the one that sees everybody that comes in to this chapel. And she's pretty rough on people too. You don't give her any crap because she'll give it back. She'll put you in your place. But she's the gatekeeper of everybody that comes in and out of that chapel. And you know what she does? She also, when she leaves the place, she goes through the gatekeeper of the whole prison. God has radically changed her. You're sitting here today. God's been talking to you. God's been speaking to you. Not just in this moment. He has been. We call that provenient grace. The Holy Spirit working in your life. You don't even know it. He's been talking to you. He's been calling you. Today's the day that the, the wind of the Spirit, His breath blows into you. God has a message and He's looking for a messenger. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire with, from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over to see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. 
when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. God's got a message and he's looking for a messenger. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of this guy that I cannot pronounce, was leading Israel at that time. God has a message and he's looking for a messenger. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him, to Gideon, and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? The Lord has a message, and he's looking for a messenger. Oh, boy. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of the robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each had six wings, with two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And the sound of their voices, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, the prophet cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. The Lord has a message, and He's looking for a messenger. Wake up, O sleeper. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as prophet to the nations. Ah, oh, Sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. The Lord has a message and he's looking for a messenger messengers are you here i think you are mm. when esther's words were reported to mordecai he sent back this answer do not think that because you were in the king's house you alone of all the jews will escape for if you remain silent at this time Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's house family will perish. And who knows? 
but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. The Lord has a message, and He's looking for a messenger. You're here. You're listening. In the month of Kislev, the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been turned, burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year, King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so that the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. The Lord has a message. The Lord has a work. He's looking for a messenger. He's looking for you. He's calling you out. Hmm. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. God has a message and is looking for His messenger. And I firmly believe that you are here. I firmly believe that you are here. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. The Lord is looking for a messenger. He's got a message. He's looking for you. He continues, as I lose my spot. And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he said, come, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The Lord has a message, and He's looking for His messengers. Once again, Jesus was out beside the lake. A large crowd came to Him, and He began to teach them. As He walked along, He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth, kind of like the CO, doing her job at the front desk. And He said, follow me. Levi got up and followed him. God's got a message. He's looking for a messenger. You're sitting here. You are his messenger. Oh. After the resurrection, Mary was weeping in the garden. And Jesus found her and said, Mary, she turned to him, cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. Jesus said, 
Do not take hold on to me, for I have not returned to the Father. Go, go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm returning to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. God has a message and he's looking for a messenger. Peter, who denied him three times by the fire. Jesus pulled him out, out after, a con- after dinner and said, Peter, son of Simon, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Feed my lambs. Again, he said, take care of my sheep. And a third time he said, feed my sheep. And recalling the time that he was called by the, by the lake, he said, follow me. God's got a message, folks. You're his messengers. The book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. When the birth of the church was about to happen, when we were crowning, he said, but you, you will be my witnesses and receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And while they were praying in the upper room, said they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, on the road to Damascus, hit by the flashing light, asked, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus of Nazareth. And to Ananias, he declared, this man, this is my chosen instrument to the Gentiles and to the kings. Ananias laid his hands on him, prayed over him, Scales came, fell off of his eyes, and he received the Holy Spirit. God has a message and is looking for a messenger. And that same Paul wrote these words. The word is near you. Take it personally, because it is. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the Scripture says, anyone, you're in anyone, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. And for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God has a message and He's looking for a messenger. And Paul continues and he says, How then? How? Can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. God has a message, and He's looking for a messenger, and it's you. It's you, church. It's you. We are loved people loving people to Jesus. That is our mission statement. That is who we are. I don't need to unpack the loved people. But who are the loving people? Who are those people we are loving? Any church can say, it's everyone. 
and rightly so. However, for us, the loving people, those people, are the people you know. The people you know. Not the people I know. It's the people you know. I look in this room and see about 70 people. All of you at least know one person. I hope you have more than one friend. If you are, we can have a conversation later. I can kind of screw you in that. I only have two friends, so hey. But all of you have at least one friend. All of you have at least one family member. 70 plus 70 is 140. Plus 70 is 210. Do the multiplication. You are the messenger. You're the messenger to the people you know. Little did those men know who God was working in at the time. They were messengers. They carried the message. They treated her with respect and care and genuineness. They actually prayed for her well before that moment. Folks, you are that messenger. God is calling you. He's calling us. The God of consuming fire wants to consume you with his fire, his unquenchable fire. And all you have to do is say, yes. You will never know the fruit that can be produced in your life. Do not say yes. Will you please stand? Today is a day of yes. Your yes. If you know the Lord, I'm talking to you. It's time time. God has a message and you, you are his messenger. Some of you, God is calling you out. Out from sin. Out from the life that you have lived. out from the choices you've made, out from the past that haunts you, he's calling you out. Because he wants to put a new heart in you so that you can have a new start for the very first time in your life. It's you. Jesus died for you personally. And he rose from the dead for you personally. He always calls people always to himself and he's calling you to himself today it's time today's the day this is the moment if you know that you if you know that you kind of sense it in your inside sense it in your heart I'd like for you to pray along with me it's, it's not a magical prayer there's nothing magical about it it's the sincerity of your heart Jesus, I give you my life. 
forgive me of my sin. I give you my life. Would you do that? Can we all just bow our heads in the sanctuary right now? God is calling you not only to himself, but he's calling you to something greater than you can do yourself. He's calling you to purpose and meaning and intention in your life. He's calling you to be a messenger with the message that he has. He's calling you to love. And he's calling you to be loved by the one who is love. Today's the day, this is the moment. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and raising from the dead. Jesus, I give you my life. Make my heart new today. Give me a fresh start, a new start. I'm tired of doing life in my own way. It hasn't really gotten me very far. Jesus, I give you my life. If that's you here today. I ask you to just make eye contact with me. Jesus, I trust that you're working. I trust that you're moving. I lift up the people that know you, Jesus. I lift them up. I ask that you call them off the fence. I ask that they move off the fence. That they realize that you have entrusted them with something very special and very powerful. Something that can radically transform their community and their family. Places that they work. The people that they know and people that they don't know. That we carriers of the gospel of Jesus Christ carriers of hope and peace and I firmly believe that you called somebody today if that's you this morning heads bow I just ask that you look up at me and make eye contact Father, have your hand in their life. May they move step by step according to what you speak. I trust you this work today, Lord. And I trust that you will produce fruit out of it. That the words will not leave their hearts or their minds. The word of God will do the work in which it was set to do that it will not return to you void, but it will produce fruit because there is a harvest out there and you want us to partner with that. 
I love you, Jesus. May our congregation here be fruitful. May Harvest Baptist be fruitful. May the Methodist Church be fruitful. May the kingdom of God in this community be fruitful. Set your people on fire and set them on mission. It is in your name, God, that we ask these things today. Amen. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself. Be messengers to those people you know. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknaz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.